0: Hello and welcome to this week's Mooney on Politics podcast, which is being recorded on Wednesday the 2nd of February. It's about 5.30 or so. This week's episode looks at the issue of defence policy. Now this is an issue I've touched on many, many times over the last couple of years in broadsheet pieces and indeed a couple of columns I've written in various places in the Evening Herald and the, the Irish Examiner. Because my own view is that after a decade of neglect that defence issues were going to come back over vengeance. And this week, that's exactly what they've done. Because what we've had is a decade of defence been pushed so far down the political agenda that you'd need a bathysphere and a decompression chamber to even reach them. But this week, all of that changed. Because over the last week, and the week that's just gone, I should say more correctly, you had a series of stories. Each of them with a new angle. Each of them was linked by the fact of a decade of neglect of defence. So it started up with the news of a build-up of Russian forces on the Ukrainian border and the not unconnected tumult over Russia's plans to mount naval exercises in Ireland's exclusive economic zone. It then continued with the policy making on the Hof announcement by Taoiseach Michael Martin and the Communications Minister Eamon Ryan that they planned to close Carlborough barracks and use it for housing. Now this plan was quickly exposed as the whim it was When the part-time Defence Minister told the doll that there would be a feasibility studies, but that there definitely was, quote, no predetermined outcome, even if it is, quote, an issue on which Minister Deputy Raymond Ryan has firm views, end of quote. Now, regrettably, our Defence Minister lacks Raymond Ryan's capacity for firm views, even when it comes to commitments he's made himself. The Women of Honour discovered this last week during a very disappointing meeting with Minister Coveney. Sadly, last Monday morning's meeting with the Taoiseach was not much better, though in fairness they did get a far fairer and a far more open hearing from the opposition spokespeople on defence. Then, to finish off a bad week of bad headlines, the front page of the Sunday Independent led with a story, Defence Forces Admit They Cannot Meaningly Defend Ireland. The story by Hugh O'Connell was based on what I presume are extracts from the draft report of the Commission on the Defence Forces. As I said at the outset, the one thread that links all of these stories and brings them all together is the decade-long denial of political attention to both the defence forces and to defence policy. And we see this most partic- most particularly in the way the story about the Russian military ex- exercises emerged and played out. So let me just give a little bit of background on this. It's long been the customs and practice of the Defence Force's Chief of Staff, To have cups of tea and sponge cakes with the individual members of the diplomatic corps tends to happen around the start of the year. Now even calling these encounters meetings is to way overstate their significance. There were simple courtesies extended by the Defence Forces to the various ambassadors based in Dublin. Sometimes you actually had it when the ambassadors were finishing up, they would do a tour of around the place and kind of say goodbye. It's kind of a a diplomatic nicety. For the Defence Forces, it's an opportunity to say hello and exchange pleasantries for an organisation that truly values its role in UN peacekeeping. Now, These are always intended as and meant as non-controversial engagements. They should still be. And the fact that the Russian ambassador saw fit to widely publicise his meeting tells you a great deal more about the Russian embassy's active measures agenda here than it tells you anything about the chief of staff. Now Simon Coveney is now into his fourth full year as Defence Minister and indeed is on his third Chief of Staff. He knows about these courtesy calls at the Chief of Staff's office at McKee Barracks so there's no excuse for him telling the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party that he was surprised. Now I've no doubt that the Minister was embarrassed when the photograph appeared online courtesy of the Russian Embassy's Twitter account. I'm certain that he was truly scarless when his Fine Gael colleagues took him to task at the Parliamentary Party meeting over it. But that said... I bet he was not nearly as disconcerted as the Chief of Staff and the Senior Officers of Defence Forces were when they saw the photograph appear on Twitter. Nor would would any of them have been as perturbed as the officials in the Minister's own Departments of Foreign Affairs and Defence, who have to suddenly realise their own failure to anticipate that the Russians would use and abuse what was a simple courtesy call on the eve of announcing a major naval exercise in Irish waters. So, rather than further embroiling the Chief of Staff on what everyone now accepts was an unwise engagement, perhaps Minister Coveney might focus his ire on the behaviour of the Russian Embassy, though it seems actually that the Oireachtas Committee intends to do that for him. If he needs any pointers on dealing with the Russians, he could do worse than consult with Brendan Byrne of the Irish Fish Processors and Exporters Association, whose own encounters with the ambassador delivered the results worthy of the Sopranos. You can question the fact that... They felt the necessity to do that and you can even question the fact that the Russian ambassador engaged with them in such a public way and then appeared to deliver the fishermen a victory that he wasn't prepared to give to the Department of Foreign Affairs. I think you can very easily interpret that as an engagement or a direct intervention into the Irish political sphere by the Russian ambassador, which is not the action of a friendly government. So... While Minister Coveney focused on the minutiae, the Russian exercise has focused attention on the glaring gaps in our ability to monitor, never mind protect our waters, and the critically important infrastructures that pass underneath them. Several years ago, I wrote an article on Broadsheet, which appears on my website, that that had its basis in the 2019 Defence Force Review. It highlighted the fact that three quarters of all the transatlantic cables in the northern hemisphere pass through or near Irish waters. The significance of that is that these cables deliver the vast bulk of all data and information transmission. While people talk about the using the cloud etc, somewhere over 90% of all global data still trans- travels along underwater cables. So what's been done since that 2019 review? Well, nothing. In fact, Defence Force's preparedness is probably lower now than it was at the time, with over half the Naval Service's nine ships regularly out of service due to staff shortages. Not all of the blame attaches to Minister Coveney. He's only one of a series of Defence Ministers over the past decade. Though he is probably ineffectual at best, he still tries, in his own words, as he said in the Dáil two weeks ago, to look after the interests of the Defence Forces. The serious political question now is can the same thing be said about the Taoiseach Michal Martin and sadly the evidence so far doesn't favour him. After committing an opposition to appointing a full-time defence minister indeed he committed to restoring the three brigade structure which is probably not the wisest movie ever made and having committed to giving defence policy the political prominence it merited. Michal Martin blithely forgot all about that when the seal of office was handed to him and unfortunately defence was pushed back down their political agenda. Well, how else can you interpret as telling the Housing for All update press conference last week that, quote, I'm pleased to confirm that we have now agreed to construct a feasibility study for the use of Cattle Brewer Barracks and Wrap Mines, Dublin, to provide housing. Now who, apart from the father of this daft idea, Eamon Ryan, imagined that it would make sense to deflect attention from real progress in delivering and the Housing for All plan, to talk about some notional, wild, imagined scheme to close a working barracks that would take years to deliver and even then it would probably only deliver about a thousand houses. That's according to Minister Ryan's estimate, not mine. Now clearly Dara O'Brien wasn't of that opinion because this is the second time the ebullient Pharaoh Fingal has had to silently stand by and watch as his Taoiseach and party leader sabotages the news coverage of the work he supposedly was there to promote. Don't forget that Michal Martin did this last September, at the initial Housing for All press launch, with his petulant outburst on conversations he'd had previously with when ministers were dismissed. However, let's return to Cahlborough Barracks. Because Cahlborough Barracks and mines is not some unused vacant site or underused site. It is the home to the 2nd Brigade headquarters plus the home of the 7th Infantry Battalion as well as the headquarters of the Cavalry Squadron and a range of 2nd Brigade combat support, combat service and training units. It's also the the home of of many units of the Defence Force Reserve around Dublin, the Army School of Music, the number one army band and the Military Archive in which many millions have been spent and by the way which is, is an exceptional building. an exceptional facility and resource. So assuming that the Taoiseach wasn't hoping that ongoing problem with detaining staff would look after us, where was he planning to move the thousand-plus troops while his hoped-for building work goes on? Has he forgotten how long it took for the barracks close in 1998, including Murphy barracks and Ballancolic in his own backyard to be redeveloped? Clancy barracks and Island Bridge which in fairness now looks really, really well and shows how listed military buildings can be incorporated successfully into a modern residential and commercial setting, still sat idle for the best part of 14 years. And by the way, that was a wholly private development. So what Micheál Martin and Eamon Ryan have done with their announcement over Cahilborough Barracks is the equivalent of declaring that you plan to develop the St. Vincent's Hospital site for housing before single giving a single thought to where you'll put all the staff and the patients. Not to mind the equipment. I was rare in rap mines. I know Cattleboro Barracks very, very well. I pass by it almost every day on my way to Sing Street. But I am not so emotionally attached to the facility that I cannot imagine it as anything other than a barracks. Indeed, I once even kind of fostered or put forward the notion of moving the entire military establishment from Cattleboro site to a modern barracks at Casement Aerodrome in Baldonnell. Now, my idea was that you vacate Baldonnell. By moving the Air Corps headquarters and the entire establishment to a new purpose-built facility with longer runway access at Shannon Airport where there is huge spare capacity. It would also be able to address part of that issue we talked about with the transatlantic cables and watching after that part of the the western seaboard. So that was my idea, all it ever was was an idea. Because until such time as I could identify where I could find the hundreds if not tens of hundreds of millions of euros needed to pay for all of this expansion. I just had to keep that notion as that. Just a notion. So, what a pity the Taoiseach and Minister Ryan hadn't the cop on to do the same. Because a single euro spent now on their planned feasibility study on the future of Cahalborough Barracks will be a euro wasted. And given how the last few governments have cut, cut, cut defence spending to the bone, that's not something to be boasting about or bragging about. Now, in a couple of weeks, we shall hopefully see their full report of the Commission on the Defence Forces. And when it's published, I intend to comment on it and I look forward to commenting on it. Because it will probably offer the best opportunity since the 2000 White Paper for a grown-up conversation on how we created defence forces that's both resourced to meet the modern threats we face and we need to have a modern threat assessment, particularly including the area of cyber security and cyber defence and to project the type of country we wish to be. The benefit of all these defence controversies over the last couple of weeks has been to highlight how little has been done over the past decade. And the challenge for this government, the challenge particularly for the Minister of Defence, but more especially for the Taoiseach and for the Minister for Finance, is how they address the fact that there's been a critical under-resourcing of the Defence Forces and that the money needs to be freed up to redress that balance and to give us a decent level of national security that's based on the threats we actually face. But I do think that the Commission report, if it delivers what it should deliver, and if it is not squashed or tweaked or twisted or cajoled by the department and by officials and by finance and by others, that it actually has the opportunity to do what we need to do. As I mentioned in the, the, earlier, which is that the 2000 White Paper was a major document and it was several years in preparation. Now, it actually downsized the defence forces from its previous eleven and a half, twelve thousand 12,000 to down to 10,500. But it was done with a structure, with a view to what the actual threat assessment was, and having UN peacekeeping at its core. The original plan was that, that the, 2010, there will be a further white paper to look at the progress made under the 2000 white paper and move forward. Now, unfortunately, the global economic collapse put pay to that. And what you got instead was a board snipper report, which cut the defence forces temporarily to 9,500. That was a 1,000 cut that was agreed for a period of two to three years. One of the biggest mistakes made by the last government was in 2015 was making that temporary cut permanent in the 2015 white paper. And the 2015 white paper is not a white paper. All it was was an excuse for just continuing to do what they were already doing. And while it did set the, the establishment figure for the Defence Force at 9,500, in reality that number hasn't gone terribly far over 9,000, maybe 9,100 or 2, 200 for any particular length of time look forward to the Commission report. My fear is that people on the Commission or people around the Commission will sense that there is no political willingness to do what needs to be done and that therefore the ambition of the Commission will be wound down to match the lack of political will. And if that's the situation then I think we'll all have been very very badly served. Anyway that's this week's Mooney on Politics podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back next week.